0: Welcome everybody to the Reproducibility Podcast, a podcast by early career researchers for early career researchers and everybody else who listens. Actually, we're not policing that. Um, Today, uh, I'm Jan. I'm a PhD fellow in ITU Copenhagen. And today I'm joined by Sarah Hello. and by Will. Hello. And today we are going to, I guess, first of all, start an intervention for Will's terrible puns I, mean, I love so them!
1: On, <laughs> I literally almost like snapped my fingers listening to every episode. It's so fun. I mean, I like puns a lot.
2: I had more. Like I had more puns that I left unsaid or were edited out of yes. the episode.
0: Oh, we we got we got the cut version. Oh my god. <laughs> I think like there's
2: a disorder, right? Where like people have Like can't stop themselves from making puns I think I have a very mild version of that like they just come to me and I can't like I'm like oh well I have it
0: so I might as well say it (laughs) uh oh no no, I didn't want to accuse you of um of like the the people from
2: fort so people from fort really encouraged making puns out of
0: fort as much as I could
1: yeah it's so (laughs) so much fun
0: they draw the worst in you. No, when you yeah, sent exactly. me the uh, forcitive change uh, file, I had to groan. <laughs> <out> of <my laughs> bit of a
1: stretch.
2: Look, I, I didn't quite I, get that you one. Know,
0: uh, yeah, I was, you know, it
2: was a little, of uh, what What do you call it, po- poetic license going on with that one.
1: But, yes, uh-huh.
0: you know, uh-huh. but, yeah, yeah. close enough, close enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um. No, but actually, today we are going to uh, have a little closer episode because season three is coming to a close. Um. Mm-hmm. There will be probably one or two more episodes this year, but our uh, more or less regular uploads will stop for this year. Mm-hmm. Um. As we all go into the fall semester and end of year stress.
2: Yeah. It's um, right.
0: Yeah, exactly. And for that today we going to we want to look back at season 3 and um, this year's output of reproducibility talk a little bit about the episodes that we had what were our favorite ones who were our favorite guests um i mean everybody <laughs> <Ooh>. honestly <laughs> yeah. we can't decide on that um, You declare a
1: favorite <laughs> <laughs>
0: true no, i have no favorites. Um, yeah, and um yeah, do a little recap. Mm-hmm. Uh, who wants to start? Um I mean us three, I think we also started the season with our little yeah. Reform versus Revolution yeah, 2. Nice little episode. bookend. Yeah, you know, start and finish. I think yeah. Yeah,
2: it's it's fun to do this because it's nice to also think about whether our changing has progressed a little or our podcast has actually like moved forward and I really think it has like I really think we covered a lot of ground and made a bit of progress with some of the like ideas we've been bouncing around so that's been fun um
1: yeah I have really enjoyed listening on top of the ones that I've recorded I've enjoyed listening to the others that I wasn't involved in making mm -hmm. like it's really cool to see what other people are thinking about and what else is happening you know outside of your own little world so I, I really really like that this podcast operates as a team I think that's yes. what I think of
2: it. And that that first episode was about like reform versus revolution. Mm-hmm. And it set, for me at least, it set a theme of like, what is our theory of change? Like what what is our yeah. goal? What is our mission? And sort mm-hmm. of, I, whether intentionally or not, all the episodes seem to sort of follow that motif, that th- overarching thread of, yeah, what is, how are you thinking about the change that is happening in our field? How are you thinking about... The reform should happen, and that sort of got drawn out in the episodes. And I thought that was like really nice to hear, and for me, it was really helpful to think about, you know, and talk about to sort of settle what I thought was the best way forward or yeah. things I liked about the movement.
1: Yeah, I really like big picture discussions like that. Right? I think they're really valuable on top of the detail stuff that we can go into, but how does all that fit into the bigger picture? That's always something I'm really interested in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the second. Episode that I recorded was on citational politics um, in open science. So we had some guests join us from Fort, and that was a conversation that I really wanted to have. And I thought it was really, really fun. And we've actually now started a working group uh, in Fort on citational oh, politics. That's so so we're working great. on paper yeah so it it really really like consolidated into something and I mean I think I could talk about that publicly right now it's you know it's it's just in its infancy so it's just starting but if it's a topic that you're interested in look out for that that's going to be coming out soon um yeah we've got uh, a new team and we're thinking about engaging with this topic more broadly and also what kind of educational resources can we develop around it because that's what sport's all about Mm
2: -hmm. yeah yeah really an important topic too and also sort of again, talking about our theory of change, it like feeds into things that we want, right? And also like it feeds into people wanting to change how um, research is evaluated and assessed and how researchers are evaluated and assessed and what we should value in our practices and things like that. So I really like that episode. Um, It really also helped set the tone of that thinking of, you know, what should we improve? What should we uh value and what should we want to happen, you know?
1: Yeah. Well that feeds well into see the third episode, which was on research assessment. <laughs> so, I don't know if you oh, did yeah, it intentionally, true. but like good job in the segue. <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh yeah, that was a that was a double feature. We had two papers that had come out around that time and um mm-hmm. we were discussing like both of them if I remember correctly, one of them was about theory development and how we should Uh, value that, how we should value um, uh, when we're assessing researchers, the actual theoretical development and thinking behind the paper and making sure that's rigorous. Uh, And then the second article was about um, seaboat.io, the new um, reviewing tool by Sarah Schiavone, Kimberly Quinn, and Sameen Vizier. And so it was, yeah, it was like, bouncing back and forth about how research and researchers should be assessed so that was a fun you know Mm -hmm. parallel to think about did you actually get to use that tool yet uh I did I did it for one Uh review actually really interestingly I did it for I used it for the registered report the stage one review Mm -hmm. and so it it sort of worked um I mean it did work like but you know, I wasn't reviewing the results or the analyses. It was just like, you know, the construct validity yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. the things like that. And yeah, it was really helpful to just align cool. things and just categorize things for to make it easy to do the review. Um, highly recommend yeah, trying yeah. it out and using it. Yeah. Um, I
1: forgot about it. I just recently reviewed a bunch of papers because apparently, if you say yes to one, a whole bunch of people then ask you.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the law. It's never one <laughs> at a time. It's, it's, it's five at a time, and then none, and then five
0: at a time, and then, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I totally if forgot, you, but that's a good reminder. You I need remind to things.
0: If mm. you give them a finger, they take your whole arm. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, you know, I started saying no at one point because so I was like, no, eh, the term starting, nah. <laughs> I
2: don't
0: have that yeah. anymore. Yeah, review. We really I mean, I don't know if this if this is an issue for you guys as well, but um at Kai at and like my research community, we have a massive problem with uh reviewers. We just don't get enough of them. Hmm. Um which is in part, uh, I think, because it's somewhat of an inflation of submission numbers. Um, but I think it's a, yeah, I think
2: it's like a general feeling, a bit of everything. Like everything seems to be slowing down because, mm. you know, people don't like want to put all their effort into research anymore because they're not <laughs> rewarded or valued or recognized. Yeah, like there's well. a reason. <laughs> Who would have thought? yes, um, right. And then, yeah, uh, so people aren't researching, oh, people aren't reviewing, there's more papers to review. Um,
0: so yeah, that combination sort of spirals into a situation mm-hmm. where it's not good. Damn those people who want the work-life balance. We need more academic hustle culture. <laughs> get those reviews out. That feeds well into the
1: next episode.
0: Oh. Man, almost I, as uh, if we planned this, we right? But yeah, right. Episode four: the UCU strikes in mm-hmm. Britain. I mean, I, I, uh, I'm biased, obviously, but I think this is one of my, not like one of my f- most favorite episodes this season. In part because mm-hmm. I think it is a very important one, mm-hmm. um, with like everything going on, um. Unions and collective bargaining and striking is just so important. Um, yes, yeah, it's super I relatable
1: know. for me because I am part of the UCU and I was Mind? striking. Yep. You know, um, and I'm still part of the UCU. So, yeah.
0: are are you also um, taking part in the actions at yes, the moment?
1: When, okay. Whenever I can. I mean, it, it's you know, I've taken part in all the actions so far.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I obviously
1: if... can't declare about future actions because that's not something I have to do. But yeah, everything yeah. so far has been okay for me.
0: If if I understand correctly, I think the grading boycott is still going on.
1: Uh, I haven't checked the update. We had um, a vote that closed on Friday ah, to okay. see whether or not we contain continue the mandate. And I actually haven't checked it. I should do that.
0: Yes. Um, um as far as i can tell there's nothing on the website at the time of recording um okay the So sometimes goes out, still going i mean i i am really surprised how, how long this is, this has been going yeah, on how drawn out it's been like. um
1: I, i'm sort of not to be honest <laughs> it's, mm. the impact of it i think has been a lot less than what we would ideally want to actually force this university's hands Mm -hmm. i know that there are several departments um at this institution and others where the marking is so easily covered by other staff that it just doesn't even affect what's going on
0: yeah that sucks
1: because we don't have enough buy-in essentially from from Mm. the union there's been so much union busting and so much like work to dismantle collective bargaining power
0: i mean i I wrote this fortunately sort of having an impact yeah, it's it, it sucks. I but also I, I read this thing the other day. No, I mean, completely alleged, right? This is uh, anecdotal by some person who apparently um they got their pay docked um for not grading, even yeah. though grading is not part of their contract.
1: Oh, oh that's not okay. Uh,
0: and because they are on the research grant, they only did like grading on <sighs> the side to help uh, help their colleagues and no it's i am honestly baffled and dumbfounded how easy it is to steal money from people that work for you oh yeah yeah,
1: like, yeah, yeah. wage I, theft is like so easy to do compared to like stealing money from a
0: till yeah um yeah. and i mean like the, the thing is for many people this is this is um And, like, even for me, um, from a cognitive perspective, yeah, of course, this makes sense how easy it is to, you know, dock your pay and uh, how hard it is to, um, how hard it is for a normal person to fight back against this in this legal apparatus where you as a singular individual do not really have power all that much.
1: Well, the UCU is gathering evidence to prepare. A legal claim i don't you know it's it's right now i don't think anything is happening happening but they're asking all members who have been docked pay to give them the information they're asking for so they can gather evidence to potentially if things don't resolve to really push and take legal action
0: yeah i hope so. i i yeah, hope good so. luck yeah, yeah thanks just the law is not support. on the
1: labor side in the yeah, uk all the right? the laws. The,
2: yeah all the support to the ucu make sure Yeah, yes.
0: hopefully a bit of hope as well, um, yes going forward, um, I mean, this is only um parallel to this, but did you guys when the when the Hollywood strike started, did you guys see the Ron Perlman video where he more or less threatened one of the CEOs of Disney to burn their house down? No. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> okay, don't uh, take. Um, no like one of the ceos basically said um if they start striking at some point they're going to start losing their houses and then they're going to stop striking and that's how far we're willing to take and the answer was basically um there are other ways to lose your house um (laughs) just you know think about that and i kind of had to think about this again because you know for um for a dean to you know not pay you it, it will not hurt them ever it will not come back to uh any like uh CEO for to any Dean to any um to anyone high above because they're doing what they're paid to do right yeah. trying to save money yeah. if you survive they don't really care that much um yeah
1: it's 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 higher up and it, it does get a little bit complicated because like it's I know. I don't like to not do marking because it, it does affect the students and I don't want yeah. to negatively affect the students but it's in the long run what we're hoping is that it will be better for everybody because if we're squeezed too much we can't deliver what we need to deliver and the students are hurt but yeah, yeah. It, it, it really sucks I understand that the institution is trying to get the students to graduate because that's what they paid for and yeah that makes total sense but like yep. to resolve all this just Resolve the dispute. You know, (laughs) like that's also a solution.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, workers' rights. Yes. Join if you haven't yet. Join a union. Um, It 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 costs a bit of money. Um, Most often, you can actually um, write it off in your taxes, which Mm -hmm. is a a fun Mm -hmm. fact that some people don't know. Um, Of course, you know, check your country's laws. Yeah. Um, but yes, unions are generally. Goods and yeah and I, was, I think also just an add-on like underlying
2: the Union movements I suppose is like find your people like collectively yeah. find your find your tribe I suppose yeah. and um that might mean like for us as a group with reproducibility it's always been like thinking about community and trying to find um and trying to create that and also mm-hmm. um so with creating community and finding community, talking to each other and realizing that these issues are your own, it's a shared issue um, mm-hmm. that can really energize and catalyze movements such as union um, action. So yes. uh, think about
0: that too.
1: Well
2: said.
0: Yes. I have no idea how to, um, how to segue to- uh, <laughs> I was just thinking- No segue, just straight that. in. <laughs> like i do with the segway on the street um (laughs)
2: yay (laughs) yay (laughs) good part.
0: (laughs) so i listened to this
1: episode um in padova while i was at seps i was in a park and it was a beautiful Mm. sunny day so i have a very like vivid memory of exactly where i listened to the computational episode
2: yeah that was a fun episode it was our, was our first guest no, it wasn't. It was definitely not a first guest. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> cut that one out. That was completely cool <laughs> wrong. Uh, no, but that was, that was the fun episode because it was <laughs> all the, it was more like into the, like,
0: mm. details, right? Into right? the, yeah. yeah, the, yeah.
2: yeah the, uh, I think it's and, the first guest you interviewed. Well. Yeah, it might've been, there yeah, the first I interviewed about their paper and, um, yeah, Anna, Anna Krzyzewicz. Yeah, she was great and she had a lot of wisdom to share and was thinking about mm-hmm. like um gave a lot of good tips about how to make your code better and like what scientific computing should look like and was doing the actual like research into what compute what the state of scientific computing was like how reproducible was the work but not, not too great <laughs> uh so yeah it was like um nice to have that perspective and have actionable things
0: to take on uh right. So that I thought that was nice. I'm I'm a bit sad that our discussion on uh, pizza ended up on the cutting room floor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a fun one. We had that conversation. Yeah,
2: we tried to um, put that, like, reference that conversation in a
0: later episode, but it, you know, it didn't work because we cut it out. So you know, oh well. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Though I still, I will still publicly stand by my stance that uh, pineapple and blue cheese. Go awesome on a pizza. Oh, Will, why you're shaking your head? Horrid. <laughs> Awful. I hate pineapple. I, I hate pineapple on pizza even more. So
1: Aww. I like it in <laughs> smoothies. That seems like appropriate use of pineapple. Gorgeous also
0: fresh. great in pina coladas.
1: Oh uh, yeah. But I don't like coconut, so that would that, I wouldn't be a part of that.
0: Um yeah, that's that's not good then.
1: I actually learned <laughs> how to open a coconut recently because I got one in my odd box and <laughs> I was like, I don't Know <laughs> what to do with this, it's just like a whole coconut. <laughs> I'm putting in my smoothies as a way to like use it up, but I was like, well, now I know how to open a coconut. <laughs> Random <laughs> skills that you accumulate.
0: Put it on your CV.
1: Right? Yeah. Yep. Really useful.
0: <laughs> what was our next episode? Let me pull up our it list. Was, was it like I talked to Tara? Yeah. Yes. I
1: had. Um, I originally emailed uh, Dan Quintana because I was visiting Oslo and he wasn't around, but he was like, hey, should we talk to the students? I was like, okay, cool. So Nora and I had planned to meet up, but then we ended up recording online. It doesn't really matter, but we talked to each other and it was really <laughs> cool. So the idea being, I don't think we've had a student on yet that actually like went through the process of doing a project as a registered report. Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. it was really valuable for us to be able to get that viewpoint right of what's it like to actually do it and as a master student too because you have less time right the biggest reason i think yeah. that comes up for not doing these things is a timeline how challenging it can be to get it done on time and that's definitely like a source of stress that was mentioned but it can be done you know and i from an educational point of view as now an educator <laughs> i think it's like <laughs> it's really good to have that as someone's first experience where that's the only way yeah. they really know how to, like, this is how science works, right? Instead of like having to relearn things later, this is just the baseline. And it makes for really, really strong and rigorous work, exactly, right? And she was like, I think she mentioned that a lot of her project design changed through the process of the registered report. Hmm. And it came out a lot stronger and it just, that's awesome, (laughs) right? Like, And we ended up talking about Bayes a lot and how great it is.
2: Yes, yes, I remember that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think like the perspective of um, so like, you know, how early career researchers, undergrads and grad students mainly are sometimes a little forgotten in the reform movement. Like we've got to educate and we've got to have pedagogical interventions to help boost the, um, the credibility revolution. And so what that means is like, okay, we need also need perspectives and like know different methods to try and improve that research training and so Mm -hmm. like hearing that perspective of you know starting off with a registered replication like even just starting off your grad grad school with like a replication project seems like a really really good idea and one that will like, couch your the rest of your academic career in the fundamentals right Um, yeah things like that yeah I've always thought
1: the replication should be like the project that is done in methods classes
2: Mm -hmm. because like it's
1: you learn so much you learn so much about how difficult it is to replicate something how much information is missing in so many papers um and yeah how things actually don't replicate necessarily that easily so it's it's such an important lesson and it, it builds into something bigger, I think. You know, it's it's all very exciting to start something new and produce, you know, produce something novel. But I think yeah. there's something of equal value in yeah. confirming or trying to do some, replicate someone else's work.
2: Right, right. That, that episode sort of gave me the view that, like, what the current track or the traditional research track that we're all doing is kind of like pulling the wool over everyone's eyes. And it's not really revealing what we should be doing like in our science or what we should be valuing. It's of saying, Hey, here's this recipe and this track that you should just keep following and keep doing. And it's like, no, hang on. Like, let's pull that back and like have a think about the what's meant to be happening and what we value and what science should look like and what science should be. And then like a replication project is a really great way of just having those be front and center of the, the course or whatever the, you know, the, the, the
0: learning right uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah so love that i mean um this might be a slight tangent um i like one of the great things i find about the replication crisis um is that we are kind of we did the replication crisis we realized all of our methods are kind of meh um but we, we, we attempted to kind of fix that and then we realized oh no the problem goes way deeper um, why we now you know have these papers coming out talking about the theory crisis and we talk about mm. computational modeling we're um talking more and more about um non- post-positive critical rational research and we are I, I feel like we're kind of at, in the uh, in the in a situation now where we open up our science to way different kinds of knowledge generation I mean to the point that you know, saying replication crisis nowadays i think it is going to start losing some some meaning you know i think it is it's, it is going to become more of a um historical term but mean we are still called reproducibility and theory-ty. theory t theory does that theory <laughs> yeah maybe theory, theory. <laughs> Uh, no, God, God, no, no, now I start. All I also start. Um, <laughs> yeah, yes. I haven't Actually, even uh, done one for this episode. It's just just um, <laughs> <yeah. laughs> ah, hoisted by my own petards. Um, <laughs> but yes, what I kind of want, uh, wanted to mention, like, um, with like when you learn to do like these replication studies, when you get into like bayesian statistics try to think about what are we actually doing when we do inferential statistics what's the philosophy behind it um you start to get this larger view of knowledge generation and yeah what we're doing and i think that is really valuable
1: mm-hmm.
2: yeah absolutely your world is open to many different paths i suppose um which include you know different methods different theories different ways of like having an impact, Um, ethical considerations, I think, is often like missing in this. But yeah, like Mm -hmm. you start thinking about that. uh, Yeah, it really opens up your world.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Trying to to work that all into a a course is is really interesting. (laughs) It's challenging. Because we're limited in time always. And there's always, right. every time I come across some, you know, almost on a daily basis or at least weekly basis, I'm like, oh, I need to teach this and I need to teach that, I need to teach, you know, I need to make sure I cover this and that and that. And there's this, like, you know, ridiculously long list of things that I will never have time to all mm. cover. So it's trying to prioritize. But, like, yeah, it's super important to me to talk at least about open science in some
2: yeah. way to perform and open scholarship
1: more broad. You're getting
2: the ball rolling for these students and they can then slowball well, themselves yeah. and find find these exactly. resources yes, you these can't things. cover
1: everything but and I, i'm finding them kind of jealous of students who come up like the last episode recorded right and it's like was involved in a big fort project i was like a master's and i'm like i didn't know about any of this stuff at that time because no one told me <laughs> <laughs> i'm yeah. like really jealous of students now being exposed <laughs> to this stuff and like i wish i'd known earlier yeah. but you know i know now so do what you can
2: <laughs>
0: i'm right. a, yeah yeah and and also like um what i didn't knew as a master student was that the scientific community was even open to me i mean a lot of it Mm. isn't but stuff like ford is out there and they 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 will take you even if you're not if you are still a masters still a masters Um, and you are already working in a very advanced degree you're a highly skilled specialized Mm -hmm. worker um yeah, there's so many communities you can find, including creating your
2: own with reproducibility. But yeah,
1: yeah, that's why I was so drawn to um, SysMus, which is short for Systematic Musicology, as as a student because it's a conference hosted by students for students. And so, it, you you are a researcher at, at whatever stage you're at. Like even undergrads came to this conference and presented their work. So it was a really really supportive and positive community, and. I, you know that's one of the things that was really really drawn to in it. So it's it, yeah it, again finding your people.
0: It's called like yeah, C-I-S? Sysmus, like C I S
1: S Y S M U S. Okay. Systematic musicology. I mean, it has a longer name than that, but that's what those two short things stand for.
0: Cool. It will be in the description below.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah. If you happen to do music science related stuff, on the objects.
0: I I'm not quite sure um the how our listenership is uh, precisely uh, 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 what it, what consists of what kind of background, so there might be yep. people there. There might. Um, be. But talking about open science, it is also a lot of work, and that's what YouTube talked about in the next episode. <laughs> yes, yeah, we did. Yes, we did. <laughs> how yeah. a lot of our workload is
2: invisible. That was a that yeah. was a great episode. Uh, uh, yeah, like the the paper that w- it was uh, it was Thomas Hostler in the journal of sha era. and it was um yeah about invisible workload and like a uh anti-capitalist critique of like current uh, academic work structures and like how how negatively impactful it could be um and whether and that we need to in the reform movement have to uh change those structures because if we if we keep those structures the same then we like all of our change might actually increase the workload for everyone and cr- create more problems. Like I thought that was a very good perspective to to discuss yeah. on our podcast.
1: Yeah. My favorite thing about it is that we talked about capitalism. It's like, yes, <laughs> finally, <laughs> like we're naming, naming the big scene and like talking about being anti-capitalist. Cause to me, it, it goes with being feminist. It goes with like all the values and politics that I hold. Anti-capitalism is part of it. And I think we definitely, Need to start thinking about that more explicitly in the academy.
2: Mm-hmm. Because
1: it ties into all these these workload issues and it ties into right labor movements <laughs> like all these things are linked.
2: Right. Like I, I mean the UCU strike episode. And even yeah. um uh yeah, like, you know, on the episode with Nora Nora. Click mm-hmm. <laughs> on name. Nora, the episode with Nora, um, even that, like, you know, how they felt like they didn't have time to complete and finish like they will sort of almost rush through like you know yeah like time as a resource like those they all blend together what we that all these threads they are coming together in that sort of way
0: um yeah. To be fair, I think on the official reproducibility bingo card, capitalism is kind of the center field though, because it impacts our lives <laughs> so heavily. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 I,
1: and I just I just feel like it's not talked about explicitly enough in all spaces certainly not in like mainstream spaces right it makes sense here because we obviously are interested in this kind of stuff
0: Mm -hmm. but i mean yeah a lot of the stuff that we that we do that we don't get paid for is because it isn't deemed valuable um or in 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 academia in by our universities Mm -hmm. right um or it is thought to be valuable
2: but with current structures it's just like Mm. doesn't bring the value to the person who created the the thing right like um people can might say oh that was really valuable like for example this podcast that episode was really like useful Mm. to listen to but by traditional metrics or how we're evaluated we don't see the return of that value
1: no it's Um, a blip, right it's oh yeah good job you did this thing that's really cool
2: right right.
1: but on so, on a bigger institutional scale, in general, what's valued more is the grant money and publication.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I I, I want to hope that's shifting. Like, I, I know that there's some work in podcasting in general to to make it more like to, to publish scholarly podcasting and to make it something that is actually valuable and counted as a full publication because this is scholarly work that we're doing.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, also, our whole second season has DOIs now, via DOSF. I oh, managed no, to no. set it up, and I will do that for the third nice. season as well. Um, in between, I got uh, blocked by OSF because they suspected oh. I was spam, but... <laughs> <laughs> Somebody <need> the <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I created like 15 projects in the span of half an hour, and yeah. they don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, kind of related to this. Um, I, I really want to do an episode at some point about um, open the open source community, mm-hmm. um, be uh, like the people who create software that is then free to use, where you have the source code, you can freely adopt it. Um, which uh, also has a decent overlap with academia because a lot of scientists produce software as part of their work, and oftentimes, at best, you get a citation. Um we that talked if about that citation. Exactly. We talked about this in the um in the computational replication episode, I think about cite your yes. R packages. Yes. Yes, yes we did. Exactly. I can only it's all um... coming
2: together, it's all cohesive. Yes, yeah. yeah.
0: As if we planned this season, which we absolutely <laughs> did not, beyond our exit sheet. <laughs> uh, but science yeah. is very interconnected. Yes. Everything works with everything.
1: The next one came out of my visit to Oslo. So I went to visit the Reproducibility Club there, um, and then I talked to Agata, and we decided that it would be nice to record an episode together because I thought that it would be really cool to feature the work that they do um, as a, an open scholarship center that is university-wide. So I talked yeah. to a who both work as part of that institution, and I just think it's such a great model and based in the library which is really exciting so it ended up yes. just being a big celebration of like libraries which is really yes. fun and that's why there's the Arthur song as part of the title
2: I mean yeah featuring libraries is such a good idea like they're just traditionally undervalued and just sort of a, um like yeah underutilized group yeah. for many academics and many researchers mm-hmm. and yeah so highlighting them as a as a group as and being part of the research community absolutely yes but it was a great idea yeah and a, a great
1: model i think for hopefully other research or open scholarship centers right i, I would love to see that kind of thing at, at my institution and in, in any institution that it it makes sense that that's the home
2: for open scholarship institution-wide uh, uh, gross generalization but i will say every <laughs> librarian i've met has been super friendly and like yeah, super yeah. welcoming. So yeah. like, um, if you're a, like early career researcher, not sure who to go to, like about anything, like research wise, or academic academia wise, librarians are really good. You probably have one at your institution, like yeah, someone who's devoted to your librarian. department. Yeah, a subject librarian, go talk yeah. to them. They probably have some yeah. real useful knowledge and wisdom to impart on you uh, if you're not sure where to go.
0: Um, mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so I highly encourage. Uh, don't, the don't believe. Don't believe. Welcome to Night vale. Librarians are actually nice. <laughs> That's such an obscure
2: cut. reference. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but
1: I, I, I think know enough, Night Vale sorry. is a as a production company, right?
0: Uh, pod, they do podcasts.
1: Podcasts. Yeah, I listen podcasts, to Within yes. the Wires. Yes. Mm. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. Never, never quite got into it, by it but but I admired the the. the the craft, and yeah, uh, the, okay. the, the handiwork that gone into it, and um, mm-hmm. not quite for me, but um, I, I think enough nerds listen to this that I can make a welcome to Night Vale <laughs> reference. Yeah, yeah, I think it works. Mm. Uh... Cool. apropos nerds. Okay, that's that's I don't know. Uh, next, we had an episode that you also recorded um, yeah. live on site, Sarah. Yeah, didn't you? Six.
1: Accepts- I did. I had a chat with Zoltan DNS because he was one of the keynotes and I yeah, recognized yeah. him. Honestly, I, I didn't know who the keynote was. And now, like, I sort of wish I'd also talked to her. <laughs> but just because I knew Zoltan's work more, I reached out to him.
2: Yeah, that yeah. that felt yeah. like the apex to our uh, yeah. podcast because, like, it was almost like a crescendo. Like, we knew this was coming. We were hoping this would happen. And then sort of it happened. And we were like, oh, yeah. my goodness, like. Um, I it's pretty
1: departure from what you usually do, right? Like Zoltan obviously isn't an ECR, <laughs> but <laughs> you know, there's there's stuff that he can say that is relevant um, to us that is helpful. He's certainly an, an advocate of, of open scholarship and has a lot of you know experience in this kind of thing and is able to translate that into some actions. Yeah.
0: And we started the season with one of his papers, I think. Yes. And yeah, um, the 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 paper about um remodeling Academic academic structures in the style of Greek, uh, Greek city states.
1: Yes, <laughs> yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. That was um, a really valuable conversation for, in many ways, like one the like pushing of registered reports and seeing how like that can transform the publishing landscape and how we do research. But I also felt like it was a uh, great to have someone who had sort of been thinking about that for. Like from the beginning, almost like sort of like had been at the forefront of the movement, if that makes sense. Mm, mm-hmm. And so they had a bit more more breadth and depth to sort of how they saw the field, um, and how they understood how change might happen. So I really liked getting that perspective uh, in our in our season here. Yeah, of also, course we ended
1: dis- up disagreeing <laughs> on that yeah. in, in the end, and like <laughs> a bit of an argument, but. You know I think that that maybe made it more interesting and it opens up conversation for for more to to happen for more discussion because I think I mean fundamentally we we're, we're using sort of saying similar things but using different words I think mm-hmm. is sort of what was fundamentally happening. but we're we've been in sort of a little bit of conversation about what else you know to, to engage with this further and see right, right, right how we can explore this disagreement more and see what comes out of that.
2: I mean, isn't that so, so wonderful? That's isn't that so wonderful where yes. you realize that you have different perspectives, yet both parties are sort of open to trying yeah. to understand and listen and figure out, make where the commonalities are or where the maybe little disagreements are, and sort of in mm-hmm. a non-judgmental just sort of understanding. Like that's that's yeah. something we
0: should all strive to, right? Like that's great. Yeah. yeah. Um For I, I enjoyed that. And um I, I don't know. If you, I can't remember if you talked about it in the episode, but Zoltan Jenis' book Understanding Psychology as a Science is a really good book. I can highly recommend so it. I got it during my masters. I have since thrown it at several master students, uh, at some <laughs> PhD students. Um, usually not literally, um, just because it it explains so well how we generate knowledge by way of our statistical inferences um it's really good and it's yeah. a fun read
1: yeah yeah i really enjoyed it i read it uh, as a postdoc i didn't quite make it a second time through i think the, library, the book was due and i had to bring it back <laughs>
0: um
1: i think I'm, I'm thinking of getting my own copy though i think I, I would really i would annotate the shit out of that and like just keep it mm. as a as a really really handy like it is that book that got me to a point where i think i actually now like get it
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. like
1: stats in general like I, it made me understand it or at least, you know, I think I could still be wrong. But
2: <laughs> I mean, there's some learning there, right? Some insights yeah. gained. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly.
1: And it's, you know, it definitely did convince me that like, yeah, I want to be using Bayesian stats. I still haven't. I, that's still an ongoing project for me to, to get around <laughs> to actually learning how to implement it. Because I think, I, you know, I get it. I just haven't done it yet. But that's a future project.
2: Yes. Speaking of things that we're trying to learn and then implement, implement this this segment just did not work. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess I took a handle of the the rest of the season. I happened to run the next three episodes. Um, but yeah, this first oh, yeah. Uh, one was the trying to introduce change to a to a sort of collective community. It was um, brought on my friends uh, Bjorn and Sabrina to talk about implementing a pre data person session at our conference at the Vision Sciences Society Mm -hmm. and uh, yeah uh, talking about (laughs) trying to implement things like we sort of thought oh pre-registration we talked about that a bit like how can we make a feature at the conference oh maybe a pre-data person session and then it was nice to also explore how early career researchers can make an impact at these academic conferences and in these academic societies to make the landscape feature more open science or be more friendly to early career researchers and so on and so forth. So that was that was a
0: quite a quite a fun episode, I think. Um I uh, must say when I listened to it, this um like having registered reports in the form of posters at conferences is kind of exactly how I could envision registered reports working in my community, where we mostly publish at conferences. We have this really tight turnaround. Be- cannot really do registered reports in this current public system, this could be exactly the solution. Um, I really want to throw this at somebody who can make decisions. I haven't found them yet. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I was thinking
1: about doing a pre-data poster for a conference this next year, but I mean, I asked and like, oh, we prefer, you know, posters with data. And I was like, okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right,
2: so here's why. I, I I can
1: pilot it though, so I can have some data.
2: Yeah, so that's kind of what we did. We piloted it and like yeah, it all, and we talked about it in the episode. Like um sometimes it just it's a matter of emailing and like saying, hey, like to the leadership of the conference or whatever, saying, Hey, I, this is gonna take very little work on your end. I'll do the organizing and whatever. Just you you we just want a space. And yeah. sometimes they'll be open to that. And that's great. That's fantastic. Um yeah, uh, so again, talking about implementing things um same kind of thing with the next episode with um david reinstein and the unjournal like Mm -hmm. uh, a very different perspective on how to create change um and yeah uh that episode was super fun too another one of my interviews
0: uh and a a very good one i think i i found you had you really guided uh Uh, you you asked really good questions i think you um he guided very well through the episode i really enjoyed listening to it
2: yeah uh it was yeah it was like it was funny because we started from sort of the same perspective but very different areas right so Mm -hmm. like david professor in economics no longer doing the professor thing but like trying to initiate this unjournal thing in his way and me kind of taking a different approach through reproducibility and sort of dipping my foot in the journal space and then sort of eventually the conversation merged to one space which is kind of kind of fun one perspective <laughs> uh and talking about how um how yeah we are talking into like things about value like or like like how the scientific public system generates or actually captures people's attentions and devalues our research and our work so simply creating a better platform should be more valuable and people should take it on. Um, So yeah, that was a really fun, fun thought, a really fun episode. Um, And yeah, Adan Journal is just a really interesting initiative that I want to see, like make an impact, make a splash. Mm. It's just in its infancy, but it's a good idea. Trying to take evaluation out of the hands of for-profit publishers and actually valuing that evaluation and also thinking about how that evaluation works um, seems like a really good idea, really good issue.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, totally. That was then, a good one. Yeah, the bookend, the last one was um from crisis to Fort city of change. I That's think it worse That totally That's, does no, work. I still Okay, well, I thought the that ones was in really... the episode are
1: really good.
2: <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess you had to kind of listen to the episode to then understand what the title <laughs> meant. But uh, yeah, the. That was a really great conversation. I loved featuring Fort again, our um, sister organization. Uh and also how yeah, that episode was just full of like looking like looking forward, looking towards progress, looking saying, hey, we have achieved things, which is like a narrative that is missing from sort of the discussion around our movement. Um, and of course the point of their paper. Uh and it just I I left that episode feeling really inspired and hopeful for the future. Um not to, that's not to say I didn't feel that from the other episodes, but the like this one was it was clear. I don't know. I really highly recommend everyone listen to yeah. the the spill the tea section in yes. that episode. <laughs> so good. Like that was some of the best tea spilled, I think, of of the whole season. Um yeah, just that I think like it was a again we had a a, an ape like a crescendo to Zoltan um but that was sort of a known crescendo as what this season like with that episode that was like also a crescendo into the like like look look what we've done look at what we achieved look what like what can be done like things can be better yeah so that felt really great um yeah
1: so important just to celebrate and I I love how often hope was brought up you know and it made me think of Maryam Kaba and she says hope is a, is a practice. It's something we have to choose mm. to do on a daily basis and choose to be involved in. And that can be sometimes difficult, but it's communities like the ones that we are involved in, like responsibility, like Fort, that make that easier and more possible.
2: Yes. Yes. Yeah, I think it like valid, like it's a two-sided thing as well, where it, in our episode, in that, in that episode, we were, Validating everyone, sort of this like pressure that everyone's sort of feeling, like there's a bit of unease in the world, there's a bit of unease in academia and a science. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, speaking of the generous. Okay.
0: <laughs>
2: okay. Some amount of unease, some <laughs> amount of um yeah, uncertainty. And so acknowledging that, but saying, hey, we can be hopeful, we could be looking forward, and sort of allowing people to have that validity of. Like being uncomfortable and being unsure but also being like hey but we're, we're getting somewhere we're, we're moving mm-hmm. forward and we have real we have real things to be like proud of and to be uh, happy that we've achieved since from where we've come um yeah so that, i mean, thought that was a really great message to have yeah um, absolutely in there,
1: so. yeah we don't know where we're gonna end up but it's gonna be different from where it is now mm mm-hmm right mm-hmm. like and i don't know this is maybe a little bit on the darker side actually not hopeful but you know in like 4 or 5 decades is there going to be an academy like there is now like probably not probably right not. like in our lifetimes we're not going to have jobs like we do now <laughs> not oh. not in the way that it looks right it's but it's it's things like this that i'm 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 hopeful that we can actually pull off more community focused just ways of living in general yeah, than we our- have- capitalist agency. patriarchal, extractive but that are collaborative yeah. and well feminist really
2: yeah and we have agency in creating that yeah change like making that a possibility for whatever yeah. academia will look like in the 40 40 yeah. 50 year time span or whatever exactly um yeah. so yeah I, that was i thought that was a really nice um nice end to my my little podcast block
1: um yeah which is also well, it gave me an idea. <laughs>
2: yeah, it go gave ahead. an idea oh sorry no go ahead go ahead it
1: was it gave me an idea for a potentially new segment that we might add next season because you're talking about celebrating each other right and like being in community and wouldn't it be fun if we invite our listeners to send in compliments praise who'd you know who who do you admire in the open scholarship movement who's is there a paper that you really like or just someone as a person that you really like that you want to send a positive message to send us a little message you can sign it or it can be anonymous and we can read it out and we can create that sort of space in our podcast community to celebrate each other
2: yeah absolutely i love that i love that idea i mean uh Tom in that episode was talking about how he puts little hearts uh yeah in so. that he likes yeah. and I was like yeah why why is that that does feel missing right We yeah. do. it does feel missing from our like research process in peer review in when we do research in when the paper comes out blah blah, blah. Just like those little like like good jobs like like that was great and like I don't know it might be a little superficial where um
1: no, not at all. Like,
2: but it, it feels <laughs> like that seems like a great idea. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um well, I mean we are we are absolutely obsessed with neck not negativity, but with negative aspects. I mean, even this yeah. podcast, we talk about problems, right? Primarily. Um yeah. because they need to be talked about, they need pointed at and called out, and that can very quickly feel like there is nothing positive the same with like peer review right you you do the peer review to suss out the problems you are not directly focusing or we are not directly focusing on what does the paper do well at least mm-hmm. if you do the traditional peer review yeah
1: um we could be more intentional about that i try yes. to sometimes but sometimes i i do forget and i just it's just negative yeah. well are- hopefully constructive feedback is how i try to <laughs>
2: yeah they are different possible. dimensions right like you can be yeah. critical and without being negative you can be critical and kind yeah. but critical but also pointing out the positives in a yeah. paper or in a group or so on and so forth so um yeah, yeah. and then you know as max and said in the episode and in the his paper with the rest of the thought community like there is hope to be had there is hope. There is positives to be taken out of what what's happened, not just the problems. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I love the segment. Love that segment. Uh, we need a name yes, for absolutely. it. That's right. Um, should should
0: should we just Sugar start with it? Yeah. Sugar. Yeah. 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 Something like this. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, should, should should we start the segment right now? Do you guys have somebody ooh. you want to uplift? You want to call out? for being good <laughs> <laughs> call out call out for being a good person that's funny yeah um uh, for for me
2: if i'll go first i guess sure. for me um i mean this is a very cheap cheap word but i, I want to just shout out for um all of Fort, uh especially flavio at the top um, oh with God. sam <laughs> all right I'll, I'll leave flavio for you, you can, uh, <laughs> shout out for um uh, yeah, like that community, like they've really built a space which is very inclusive, very welcoming. Mm-hmm. people can just jump into the slack they don't have to do anything they can lurk um but those who are like you know active they're always welcoming they're mm-hmm. they're using slack emojis to react to everyone's sort of little like projects or asks and things like that it's it's such just a great environment um something yeah. that we hope reproducibility also does for a lot of people more locally, but yeah um. I think just shout out to them. I love what their mission is. I love what they're doing, uh, and hopefully, um, they they feel like that they're being part of something that's really, really great. Uh, so I, I hope that for them.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I've worked on Fort for like over a year before getting involved, so it's it's a really good space to be, and and there's absolutely no pressure to do anything more than what you're prepared to do. You probably will eventually get interested enough in something. Yeah. <laughs> there's so much happening. Yeah, I mean, no, no, no. My, my my first person I think of is, is Flavio, because I've just been working with him a bit more recently. <laughs> and I, yeah, I think he's just an incredible human, like talking to him and the, the energy that he has, and he clearly thinks very deeply about things and cares. And I, that just transpires in everything he does. And I'm like, I would be surprised if most people he works with are just like a little bit in love with him.
2: Yeah. Just, just, <laughs> like just a a warmth and, uh, exudes yeah. a warmth and empathy yeah. that just, and so effortlessly, like, yeah. and so genuinely it's, yeah. Yeah. We need More Flavias in our lives, I think. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that there's, there's, there's a reason why for is it. the way that it is. It's successful because mm-hmm. it is a community, but there's gotta be someone who like brings people in to start
2: yeah, yeah, yeah and,
1: sure. and be like the the steer, steer
2: head and yeah, there are a lot important. of a lot of people beyond Flavio too that share that same those same qualities. Like yes. Sam Parsons, our old friend, yeah. old as in we known him for a while, not old <laughs> in age. That's that's specifically for Sam. He's gonna love that. Uh, yeah, so I yeah, mean Sam. In our-
1: in the Feminist <laughs> Wonder Lab as well, Helena has been absolutely incredible. I know she's super involved in Fort and she's just a powerhouse and also cares very deeply and does incredible work.
2: Yeah. Charlotte Pennington, uh, Tom rees Evans, you know, yeah. Like, they yeah, all we should
1: give you a chance.
0: The <laughs>
2: list
1: <laughs>
0: uh, so yeah. so um, goes on. Uh, I, I think I just uh for this call out, um Amy Orban, Sam Parsons and Sophia Cowell who started the whole reproducibility thing. Um mm-hmm. without them, we wouldn't be here. Um as in this recording session right now. Um I wouldn't be at this point in my career without reproducibility. It has become a huge part of what I do. Um and yeah, I think reproducibility is a is a pretty cool um initiative grassroots organization that they started yeah it's pretty cool yeah shout i mean up, i'm biased, shout out but... <laughs> i mean
2: you're, you're yeah spot on it's been such a positive impact for many i think and i'm still surprised by it to be honest like you see reproduced really general clubs pop up here and there and they say like the members are like wow like it's been such a help like i've gained int- i found people i've gained like insights into things that i would never have come across um and it's all just grassroots early career focused yeah it's got all, all the all the good ingredients to make a really positive impact on many people's lives or many okay. people's careers yeah
1: yeah it's gonna be a really nice segment so send us uh yes. send us your compliments not not to us to other people People or as if you want. <laughs> no,
2: no, I want them too. Send send me some compliments. <laughs>
0: <too>. <laughs> yes, please praise us. Um to, I think this is a good good place to, to kind of wrap up this episode and to some extent this season. Um before we close you two, just quick fire. If if our listeners were to re-listen to one episode, which one? Will I think the last
2: one? that I recorded, season three, episode 13, thoughts fort- change. See, the more I say it, the better the pun sounds. Like, for of <laughs> change. Anyway, no, this is From Crisis to Thoughts Change Change was a great episode. I think um, you'll come away with from that episode feeling more hopeful than you were about many things um, before you listen to the episode. So, highly recommend that one.
1: Good. On top of my head, citational politics is the one that that I think of, just because it's, it's something that I'm thinking about a lot the reason I think it's really important, something that we should we think about how we cite, because it's not something that's often thought about in detail.
0: So both both Flavio episodes.
1: Yeah. Co- coincidence.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> damn it, Flavio! <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh,
0: yeah. What um. about you, Jan? I think you should all go back and re-listen to season three, episode eight, where we blow academia wide open. It's the revelation of everything, or <laughs> I just messed up the numbering of the episodes. <laughs> um, no, I think um, go back and listen to the to the UCU episode um, with uh, Kat and Ilza. I think it was a, a very some sometimes a little bit bleak talk about um, workers' rights. Um, but we, as academics, we are workers, and we should mm-hmm. gain class consciousness.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. absolutely that's that's a good sentence to end the episode on, I think mm-hmm. cool. um, yeah, uh, I mean, to close out, um where can people find us? Sarah, what I'm about you?
1: still on Twitter for <laughs> for now at Sarah underscore or x at Sarah underscore Sove. And I'm on TikTok at madomyyt, M-A-D-O-M-Y-Y-T.
2: Well, I'm going to do a little bit of a different sign-out than I have for the rest of the episodes. I've started thinking that I kind of want emails. I want people to reach out and start a conversation with me. So um, you can find sort of ways to contact me via um, my website. So williamnyam.github.io or email me. So... Wnyam W-N-G-I-A-M at uchicago.edu Uh send me an email. And I love meeting people, so reach out. Reach out if you've got anything. Nice.
0: I should probably move my website to GitHub pages as well at some point. Yeah. Good good reminder. Um I, I do have a website which is uh, writing minus on minus par. Uh, <laughs> <dot> Netflixed. that? <laughs> what? Because it was because it was in the beginning writing on play aesthetics and research. Oh, I, I can also do it. that. Huh. Well, does it count as a pun? I don't know. Sure, but yes, I think my writing is absolutely on par. Nothing, maybe like good this. enough writing on yes. par or something like this. Yeah, exactly. Wonder um, yeah, or you know, I'm on. I'm primarily active on Mastodon nowadays on at foranhangjb at hci.social but for anything you can also reach any of us by way of reproducibility.org where you can find more informations. Down below you can also find a Google Forms via which you can submit recommendations, questions and praise for people you want to have praised. You want to be praised. Hmm? English. (laughs) Great. <laughs> to have and be praised yes it's no, not wait. it's not my first <laughs> no <thing to> <laughs> that was like a vow to have and to <laughs> put your wedding proposals into our <laughs> inbox we will read them aloud for you uh, okay All right. thanks everybody for listening goodbye bye, everyone bye. see you next season bye